Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hey everybody, welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Will. I'm Brian. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from badass barbarians to basic broadswords. And today, we're talking about Baphomet. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Got in one. Got in one. So let's talk about Baphomet. All right. So in D&D, uh, ba- okay, you, before we started today's episode, you kept calling him Baphomet. And now every time I'm about, <laughs> about to read his name, I keep almost saying Baphomet. Because sometimes we say the words wrong on the show. Yeah. And oh, like, all the time. Yeah. And so just, just keep the tradition alive. So in D&D, Baphomet. Baphomet. Is one of the major demon lords of the game. He is infamous for his nearly unrivaled penchant for slaughtery and savagery. Uh, Baphomet rules over the 600th layer of the abyss known as the Endless Maze. Hmm. He is worshipped by those who wish to break the confines of civility and society and unleash their primitive and bestial nature. Okay. Baphomet and his worshippers envision a world without restraint where all live out their most savage desires. Baphomet is also known as the Horn King, the Prince of Beasts, and the Demon Lord of Minotaurs. Okay, I was gonna ask because there's all the there's everything was laid out for, for the Minotaur tie-in, and, yes. and there, there all, it is. Yes. It's written in stone. It is nice. Yes, he's very very closely tied to Minotaurs. Tell me about Baphomet. All right, so Baphomet is depicted as a man-like demon standing somewhere between twelve and twenty feet tall. Ooh, his wait, bo- <laughs> twelve and twenty feet? Yeah. There's an eight foot discrepancy <laughs> on what how tall so this guy is. Most sources said he's twelve feet, but there was a couple from Third Division that said he was twenty feet. That so, was that was the dude telling the tall tale. Like I, I caught the fish that was this fucking big, yeah, dude. Exactly it. So, I saw before. So, he was so fucking tall. So he's obviously between one of those two. It's so, a tavern story. And, he was twenty feet tall, and he really liked mazes. <laughs> yes. So his body is a hulking and lumbering mass of corded muscles covered in thick, coarse black hair. His head is that of a fiendish bull. His eyes glow a malevolent red, and his maw is soaked red with blood. His enormous black horns curve downward and outward. Upon his head, he wears a crown that bears. Skulls of his defeated enemies. Uh, his legs and tail are that of a bull. He wields an unholy glaive named Heart Cleaver. 
Nice. All in all, he essentially looks like a way over the top death metal album cover. Yeah, that's yeah, uh, very that's much pretty much it. Is like, he is he more like a cut like muscle man, like big upper body, little waist looking guy, or is he like bloated? I <laughs> I neither. I think he's in between. I think he's just really buff. He's like but I a, wouldn't say he's bloated. So he's like he's not like. You know how they do like the bloated kind of drawing. Yeah, with, I know but what you're talking it's about. It's muscular still. Yeah, I, so he's just thick. Yeah, he's, he's very a thick. Tree stump of a of a demon lord. Indeed, it's yes, okay. exactly. So the origins of the Prince of Beasts are a bit of a mystery. It is widely believed that very much like Orcus, Baphomet began life as a mortal. Uh, what kind of mortal? No one knows. Not even Baphomet himself remembers what he was before his current form. Some speculate that he was once a man whose feral nature led him along the path of the beast. Okay. Others say he was a beast with a strange and wretched aspiration of living life as a man. Some tell that Baphomet was a man who dared treat the gods as cattle and was thus cursed by the gods and thrown deep into the abyss. <laughs> you can't keep us as sheep, man. <laughs> like, I'm, what does that even mean? Like, yeah, did he, he dared to treat the gods like, like, did he just think about it? Like, oh, yeah, right. gods suck. They should be like cattle. <laughs> I, sh- I, I just wish I, I, wish could, I could pen just you pen all up, up and milk yeah. you. <laughs> or and did the gods he, were like, whoa. That's, did he, did, fuck that guy. Did he talk about it a whole lot or did he, he do must it? Have, he, you know what? He must have been like Soapbox Johnny just preaching, preaching how the gods are like cattle. <laughs> and the gods were like, whoa, we can't have this guy out here. Somebody snatched that fool. <laughs> Pretty much. So <laughs> Him and Soapbox Johnny <laughs> in a cell together. Here's the question. Was Baphomet Soapbox Johnny in life? Uh, that would be interesting. We'll never know. Soapbox Johnny became just a beast of a man. Yeah, indeed. So in the mind of Baphomet, it does not matter what he was before uh, he came to gaze upon the abyss to feel its entropic caress upon his soul. All that matters is that he has now become. Uh, he knows that he was not cursed by the gods. For what curse was it to make him into a powerful demon lord? He's a born again demon lord. He's like, lord. this is everything I ever wanted. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah. Well, was he probably a demon before? Don't you like rise the ranks of demonship? Theoretically, yeah, he would have had to race the ranks, yes. Exactly. So maybe, man, Soapbox Johnny converted to demon, and then just right. after thousands of years of preach preaching against Pre- God cattle, <laughs> it's true. he became the Baphomet. <laughs> okay, <laughs> exactly. That's the origin of Baphomet. There, you got it here. Moving on. Uh-huh. So Baphomet is considered to be the embodiment of virility, strength, and savagery. Um, yet this is also known to be tempered with a keen-minded intellect. He's a being capable of rutting and ruining entire worlds, and yet he's also gifted with the capacity of society and structure, even going as far to exhibit behavior akin to a scientist or a scholar. Okay. So much like Minotaur, uh, it, it's very strange. Much like Minotaur's Baphomet is defined by his dichotomy between being beast and man. But unlike Minotaur's, he's not hampered by the shortcomings of either, and he harnesses the strengths of both. This is making me think about Beast from X Men. He's like in a lab coat. <laughs> yeah, except for an extremely evil and brutal Beast from X Men. When when, uh, when Baphomet gets home, or Baphomet for those of you who are cultured, uh, oh get, gets home. He he walks through his maze and he hangs up his bloody heart cleaver. And he puts on a lab coat and he just starts doing science. Uh, yeah, kind of. That's actually not too far off the truth. Yeah, it's just the center of this maze is a lab. Well, yeah, we're we're going to talk about his labs. So, oh wow, he's yes. got labs. He this does is have a lab. X Men. <laughs> yeah, we'll but see. But it's a Minotaur. So, as I said before, Baphomet rules over the 600th layer of the abyss, known as the Endless Maze. This is so arbitrary. This layer is an infinite and sprawling labyrinth of twisted corridors and eternal hallways. From narrow crawlways barely a foot in diameter to grand vaulted promenades thousands of feet in scope. From 
crude and eroded stone ruins to intricate and immaculate walls of marble and granite. That's cool. The endless maze stretches in all directions and is often marred by great swaths of blood, mangled bodies, and gruesome remains of battles between demons, beasts, and men. That's a lot to paint a picture from. That's a good ground for, like, going here. Yeah. I wonder how they know it's the 600th layer of the abyss because, like I said, it's, like, such an arbitrary number. But I bet the layer of the abyss is the one that's like, I am the 600th layer of the (laughs) abyss. Well, no, I think it's stated that, like, all the numbers are kind of arbitrary. It's, like, they're ordered in number of discovery kind of deal. Oh, right. not in their birth, yeah. not in their, like, making. Yeah, exactly. We've probably talked about that. We did in My the Abyss episode. It's all good. There's so many episodes. So long ago, too. Um, some areas of the maze open up into seemingly vast open-aired regions with cloudy skies. But out of sight, jagged cliffs climb into these sky of gray clouds. Mm-hmm. But these clouds are merely mists that block the view of a vast cavern ceiling crawling with demonic insects the size of horses. Oh, cool. Yeah, so those guys just live up there. Just big ants. Big ants. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, And it's said that when these creatures die, obviously, they fall to the ground level. And it has spread um, superstition that the layer above the 600th is a layer of demonic insects. But no, they're just part of this layer. (laughs) And most people just don't know any better. It's like when you leave your uh, your air. What is it? You leave your window open. Like my dad used to go out and put up like lights on the house for Christmas. Yeah. He would leave my window open and there'd be like a thousand flies in my room. They'd all stay on the ceiling because it was cold. We'd run the air. Yeah. And they're just like all fall to the ground. Oof. Is it like that? It's just like cold. Sure. It's just like that. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. Okay. So on the outer edges of this layer's Baphomet influence section, um, the maze gives way to endless natural underground caverns tangled in an incoherent network. Okay. Um, But nearer to the center of the layer, the maze becomes increasingly more structured. Um, The complexity and intricacy of the architecture advances exponentially the nearer the maze comes to Baphomet's seat of power, the Immaculate Palace of Liction. Ooh. So, so you have to like change your your tactic of going through the maze like halfway through it. Yeah, basically, it's like, like a cross up, like an ankle breaker. Right yeah, there. the closer you get to Lixion, the uh, more, more artificial. Methodical. Yeah, the more artificial the maze seems. Okay. So the Immaculate Palace of Lixion um, rises from a mesa in a large chamber at the heart of the endless maze. It is surrounded by a moat that extends outward in a mile radius around the palace. Okay. Uh, but this moat itself is an insanely complex three-dimensional labyrinth of stairs, bridges, and towers. It's a moat? It's, so, a, it's like a moat fortress? It's, it's like a, a moat fortress outside maze. the maze? It's well, a moat crazy. Maze. So uh, for anyone who's played Final Fantasy XII, this reminds me very much of the Garam Scythe Waterway, okay. which is exactly like this. It's like the sewerway beneath the city of Ravenaster, and it's just this labyrinth of stairs and bridges across all these waterways. Wow, okay. And that's how I picture the moat maze that surrounds the Palace of That's Richard. pretty cool. Yeah. So it's just a continuation <laughs> of the maze, but it's it's all got water in it. It's all got water involved, and it, it forms like a perfect circle around the palace. Now, this moat maze is actually kept immaculately clean by thousands of closets under the orders of Baphomet. <laughs> nice. That's how he's using all his closets. Yeah, keep this place clean. Um, the Palace of Liction itself is actually a mystery, as its interior layout is unknown to all but Baphomet himself. But it is said that the sheer number of portcullises that open from the foundation of the palace. Remember, the palace is on a mesa. Mm-hmm. So we got portcullises at the bottom of this mesa all around, just hundreds of them. So you have like you're walking through this organic maze, then it becomes an artificial maze, and then you're on a moat, and then you have to like climb the mesa. 
Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, and you got to deal with quasits. Quasits are the lower level demons, right? Yeah, but they're just cleaning. Like, there's other creatures there, too. Yeah, but they'll fight your ass with the broom. They're yeah, of tavern, course they will. Tavern brawler a, feet. A janitor squad of quasits. I love that. It's amazing. <laughs> filth. <laughs> filth. filth. New filth. Clean the filth. Clean the filth. They're just all trying it. to scrape you to death. <laughs> um, but like, as I was saying, the, it said because of the sheer number of portcullises that open from the foundation of the palace... Uh, it indicates that the dungeons below Lichen may hold one of the largest collections of exotic and dangerous beasts in all of the cosmos. Oh, cool. That he unleashes from his many portcullises. Oh, what a fun thing. It's I like, know, look it's at really them cool. traversing my maze yeah. successfully. Release the beasts. Release the kraken. <laughs> yeah. It's a land kraken. Exactly. It's just like um, a big crab. I don't know. Sure. Why not? Let's take a short rest. Okay. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the episode. We're not talking about that last thing we're talking about. We're talking about how much I love you. I love you. Love you. Um, if you can hear the sound of my voice or if you can't and you're ingesting the show some other way, that's perfectly fine. And uh, I love you. Love you. What, however you're doing it. Thank you for dungeon casting. Um, Will's here. I am here. And I also share feelings of affection towards you. Yes. Uh, kin to love. Now, <laughs> we've got merch. Yeah, we got a merch store. So if you guys are interested in supporting the show and want to uh, do so by sporting awesome dungeon cast merch, all you got to do is click below this video or click the link in the description and it will take you to our store where we have t-shirts and mugs and, and just t-shirts and mugs, but t-shirts and mugs for not just this show, but for Super Quest Saga. Yeah. Um, and total. Yep, that's all true. All of it. <laughs> Everything I said was factual. There's uh, a link uh, below in the show notes. Mm-hmm. If you're listening to this on like iTunes or something like that and uh, or SoundCloud or whatever podcasting app, if you are down there, if you look down there on YouTube, our store will set it up. So our store just like appears and there's like a direct link to it. Um, Those proceeds go directly to like helping the show grow. Indeed. Pretty much like we pretty much use that money just like we use our Patreon money. And uh, that's that's pretty much it, guys. You can get a sweet shirt. I got a. I, I think we can do like cool stuff with the store. Like I gotta get I gotta get my own shirts pretty much. Like I really need my own dungeon cast <laughs> shirt. I keep forgetting to yeah, get it. Yeah. I finally have a Super Quest Saga shirt, but that's only because yes. Freeland is a saint. Same. Um <laughs> Same. So we'll we'll buy our own shirts. Um, one day. <laughs> can't really see our shirts on the show. It's not really like I'm gonna wear it to yeah. Ooh, I'm gonna wear it to con. I think I'm gonna go to Anime Expo. Oh nice. We should we should go to Anime Expo. Okay, I'm I down. Think, when I is it? We should go. It's I think it's coming up. Okay, cool. It's in LA. Yes, I know that. We're local to LA for and anybody we, that doesn't know. We super are. Sorry, I activated your Google. Why is it I'm notorious at activating people's Google's, Google Assistant. I wonder why. Hey, Google, um, but yes, uh, let's search go to the Anime Dungeon Expo. Cast. <laughs> oh, don't talk over the... Hey, Google, oh, search the Dungeon Cast. Yeah, nothing happened. Uh, somebody, it happened on somebody's. If I got gotcha, you, let me know. Oh, my gosh. Um, Anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm down. Uh, we'll talk about it later. We'll talk about it later. Um, <laughs> come see us at Anime Expo. We'll probably be there. Uh, okay. Back to the show. Back to the show. All right, so we've returned. We've returned to the uh, to the endless maze, and near the Palace of Liction is an enormous tower of brass and iron, known as the Tower of Science. There it is, the Tower <laughs> of Science. All these demon lords have really cool, like spire towers. Yeah, it's a common thing. It's like uh, I guess that's part of becoming a demon lord. You get a, you get a tower. You get a tower. So this three hundred foot tall, a hundred foot in diameter tower has sixteen floors, each of which is dedicated to a different quote-unquote, science that Baphomet holds dear. Devotions of torture, death, skinning, taxidermy, vivisection, dissection, flesh grafting, breeding experimentation, and construction of new skeletal frames all count among these sciences. All the darkest sciences there are. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Cloning going on in there. So, so that's where he's making his, like, monstrous his creatures. super beasts, there, yeah. there it is. The Dungeon Master's treasure trove is like, Indeed. what crazy thing can you come up with? Exactly. I saw some cool, like, a Thomas the Train-style <clears throat> monster. I had like crab legs. It sounded like people were mad about it. It's like a weird meme. Yeah. <laughs> so below the tower, scholars whisper of Baphomet's flesh pits and bone gardens where the Prince of Beasts endlessly attempts to create new demonic life. 
Baphomet is directly responsible for the creation of more than a few demonic species, such as uh, Bulazau, Goristros, and Inkashars. Now, Goristros are the ones I'm more familiar with than the other two, and the fact that he's behind them is pretty impressive because they're just just a shade weaker than um, um, Balors. I'm gonna, like to, I'm gonna have one to brush of the most up. powerful, yeah. I'm gonna so. have to brush up on my rankings. I think I one Goristro like... is like a challenge rating 17 or something like Ooh. that. And he's just making these boys. Like just making them. Yeah, but they look the like fleshies. giant bull demons. They're they're really dope looking. Coming out of fleshy pits. Indeed. Flesh pits are like armpits, but they're just like <laughs> in the ground. Sure. <laughs> but these successful creations are said to pale in comparison to the monstrous failures that flop and sputter in Baphomet's damned vaults. Uh. And some creations are said to be so horrendous that even Baphomet would see them locked away forever in an unmapped pitch black labyrinth below the tower known as the Maze of the Misbegotten. He walks into his flesh pit room <laughs> and he's like, what are we making today, boys? Oh, no, no, that needs no. to go away. Um, Should we kill it, master? Lock it away. In the Maze Don't of the Misbegotten. <laughs> um, I never want to see that thing again. Here, these unnamed horrors are released to never see the light again. Okay. So, yeah. It's so that it's he doesn't just evaporate them because, like, you got to run into it if you're a party. I think it's more along the lines of... Yeah, he he doesn't want to destroy it because he's proud of what he made, but also that could be a threat to me. So we have to lock it away forever. I love it, but we have to <laughs> we have to put it in the dungeons. Exactly, I love it. Good job, everybody. But we can't look. We can't. That thing can't be up here. <laughs> oh man, I think Baphomet's become my new favorite demon lord. This is great. All right, so the two other major locations in the Slayer of the Abyss are the Field of Brass, where Baphomet. Uh, pits beasts, prisoners, and slaves against each other in gladiatorial combat, and the Bone Castle of Pale Knight. So now Pale Knight, we talked about her in the Gross episode, is a demon lord in her own right. Um, she is known as the Mother of Demons and is Grotz's direct mother. Okay. Yeah. So she has a unique alliance with Baphomet who allows her a sizable portion of his own lair as her domain, Though the two of them have never actively allied themselves in endeavors of conquest, it is said that Baphomet allows her this lair in exchange for a defense pact. If anyone attacks either of them, the other will rush to their aid. So some say this respect Baphomet pays to Pell Knight is uncharacteristic and whisper that the two may in fact be lovers. Well, I mean, also he's got to focus on science and somebody's got to have his back while that's happening. That's true. But and she wants to live in the pool house really bad because right. it's a super nice pool house. <laughs> if they're lovers, that's weird because that would make him gross his stepdad and they hate each other already. So that's just a weird dynamic. I mean, <laughs> but um, so the, the, the way I see it is uh, Pale Knight is called the mother of demons because mm-hmm. like she birthed a thousand monsters or whatever, including Grost. Dope. And I see, can see Baphomet being like fascinated with that, being a father of beasts and monsters right. himself. So he's like, we're, we're the same. Like you do what I do just in a different way. So, yeah, you could chill here. You're like the organic me. <laughs> yeah, like the organic you mind me. if I scrape some cells? <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> so I can see them working in tandem to create like new demonic species. Maybe they are lovers. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, you could. You, it's there for you. It's low-hanging yeah, fruit, right? true, yes. Um, so outside of Pale Knight, Baphomet essentially has zero allies. Um, he holds enmity against Demon Lords Grost and Malekith. 
But the hatred and rivalry between the Horn King and Yinagu, the Demon Lord of Knowles, is the stuff of legend. The two have warred with each other for as long as either can remember, and neither can even recall the origin of their feud. But their mutual obsession with each other is apparent as either Demon Lord leads wave after wave of vast demon armies into battle against each other. Okay. It's like their own private blood war of stalemate and attrition. Sure. The blood war within the blood war. Exactly. There's all these mini blood wars going on. It's ridiculous. I love that uh, Netflix series, Mini Blood Wars. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so amongst mortal kind, Baphomet has a fair share of worshippers, though he pays them very little attention. Um, the bulk of his faithful are, of course, minotaurs, which, depending on your setting, were created by Baphomet and in his image. Um, but there are also uh, there's also a humanoid cult of Baphomet worshippers called the Temple of Redemption. So usually the Temple of Rede- Redemption cult is organized by evil rangers, barbarians, and druids who worship the Horn King as a nature deity of beasts. Okay. Um, these cults take advantage of poor rural towns, luring the downtrodden with promises of vengeance against the oppression of the government, city dwellers, and society in general. Um, they wish to emulate Baphomet's primal state of being, and they engage in rituals of murder and depravity, including the blood ritual that transforms themselves into minotaurs. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Any questions about Baphomet before we uh, take a visit to his lair, his region, his madness effects, and, of course, his stat block? That all sounds like a lot of fun. Let's yes, talk about those things. Yes, to talk about. So, um, let's start with the regional effects, because I feel like that's most appropriate. So Regional effects. You're in the abyss. Shit's bad. Yeah, shit's really bad. So, regional effects. A region containing uh, Baphomet's lair is warped by his magic, creating one, of, one or more of the following effects. Um, number one, plant life within one mile of the layer grows thick and forms walls of trees, hedges, and other flora in the form of small mazes. You know how I like thick plants. Yeah, these thick bushes just thick making thickets. mazes. <laughs> Beasts within one mile of the layer become frightened and or disoriented as though constantly under threat of being hunted and might lash out or panic even when no visible threat is nearby. Okay. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> he drives beasts mad. Yeah. Uh, lastly, if a humanoid spends at least one hour within one mile of the lair, that creature must make a DC 18 wisdom saving throw or descend into madness. Or have a panic attack because that's here, just what everybody's doing well, here. Yes. What is panic attack but mild madness? So madness, uh, here's the madness chart. So you roll a D100 if you if you go mad due to Baphomet's uh, presence. Oh, shit. Um, a giant see, geyser appears. One, two, three, four, five. So there's five separate effects that you that can happen to you. Uh, or so you're rolling. You're rolling. Uh, what? Like a D100. You, are you rolling a D100 and and there's like blocks of numbers. That yeah. You, so one okay. through twenty is what effect. Twenty one okay. through forty is an effect. So the way these effects are listed are like in first person. So like this is the madness that comes over you. So, so you're about to one, tell me what's happening to you. Yes. Yeah. So, so the first one is role play like you mean it. My anger consumes me and I can't be reasoned with when my rage has been stoked. That's okay. The, that's the first one. You're real mad. Second okay. one. I degenerate into beastly behavior, seeming more like a wild animal than a thinking being. Oh, that's like uh, reminds wild. me of Thacker from hmm? uh, Amnesty Adventures on Amnesty. I never. Yeah, I never listened. It's to that OK. One, so. There's a character that like it's has like come that? to this. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, the next one is the world is my hunting ground. Others are my prey. Okay. Uh, the next <laughs> one is start, attack, attack the party. Attack <laughs> yeah, the rest exactly. of the party. The next one is hate comes easily to me and explodes into rage. That's kind of the first one, really. It's just barbarian it's just, stuff. It's just mad again. There's probably somebody in your party that's already prone to all these things. Right. And finally, I see those who oppose me not as people, but as beasts meant to be preyed upon. Okay. That's kind of like the, the, the other, other one. one. Yeah, so, become a murder hobo, like, but like yeah. now everybody's subject to it. I, yeah. So, yes. I guess different <laughs> reasoning for the same effect. Um <laughs> 
Any questions before we move on to the layer and the layer actions? Uh, I mean, that was pretty weak, man. That that random table. I'd spice yeah, that bad boy Yeah, it was like, up. get very mad and violent. That's what each one basically was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for the one where you degenerate into, like, a beast. Then you just become... Spice, you just become spice that up. Your random tables need to have some juicy stuff in them. I could agree with that. All right, let's go to layer. So the layer, like we said, is the Palace of Liction. Um, and all layer actions happen on an initiative count of 20. Real quick, though, the the, the reading of this that you gave at the mm-hmm. beginning is like the, the area in which this layer appears. Does that mean it's changing locales? It's possible. It doesn't have to be on the Mesa or it's at different parts of the Mesa. Um, we have uh, temples and towers, demon lord towers that move locations, right? Um, like yeah, thing. sure. Let me see here. I, it's not giving me a specific like distance, but let me see here. Layers, palace, liction, which is blah, 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 abyss, endless maze, nestled with twisting palaces, immaculately maintained. The palace is a towering structure. Interior is a labyrinth that no one understands. Yeah, nothing. Nothing about distance. Interesting. Well, okay. the layer actions happen when you're fighting him, so. No, I mean, like, it, the very first thing. Oh, the regional was, effects? Yeah. Oh, if you're within one mile of Baphomet's lair. Oh, I thought it said. So, like, if where? Baphomet comes to the mortal plane, okay, and he forms brings his a, lair, forms a, doesn't even bring it. He just forms a layer. It just makes, makes a, a layer. New layer. It's layer two. Okay, abyssal incursion. Uh, yes, Baphomet on the scene. You're He's doing mad science effects. on your village. Yes, exactly. Okay, got it. There's All right. thick thickets. Layer okay. effects. Initiative count of twenty. So there's three effects. The first is Baphomet seals one doorway or other entryway within the layer. The opening must be unoccupied. It is filled with solid stone for one minute or until Baphomet creates this effect again. So he can just, he can control the maze. That's what we're getting here. Uh, Effect two. Baphomet chooses a room within the lair that is no long, no larger in any dimension than 100 feet. Until the next initiative count of 20, gravity is reversed within the room. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Any creatures or objects in the room when this happens fall in the direction of the new pull of gravity unless they have some means of remaining aloft. Baphomet can ignore the gravity reversal if he's in the room, although he likes to use his action to land on a ceiling to attack targets flying near it. So, yeah, he can control the, not just the maze, but reality itself. That is so fucking cool. Like, I'm going to flip the gravity, take 5d6 fall damage, and I'm yeah. going to jump on you. Exactly. Wow. So, finally, Baphomet casts Mirage Arcane, affecting a room within layer the layer that is no larger in any dimension than 100 feet. The effect ends on the next initiative count, 20. We should look that spell up. I'm not sure what Mirage Arcane does. Okay, I'll look it up. Yeah. All right, I looked it up. Mirage Arcane, 7th level illusion. It takes 10 Ooh, minutes wow. to cast. The range is sight. And the duration is 10 days. It's Bard, Druid, or Wizard. You make terrain in an area up to one mile square. Look, sound, smell, and even feel like some sort of other terrain. The terrain's general shape remains the same, however. Open fields or a road could be made to resemble a swamp, hill, crevasse, or some other difficult or impassable terrain. A pond can be made to seem like a grassy meadow, um, Precipice like a gentle slope or a rock-strewn gully like a wide and smooth road. So it's a massive illusion. He can do this on any room in his maze whenever yeah. he wants, every turn. The illusion includes audible, visual, <clears throat> tactile, oh my gosh. and olfactory That elements. would be a nightmare to fight. It can turn clear ground into difficult cl- difficult terrain or otherwise impede movement through the area. So it becomes the thing to you just like any illusion. What's the save on that? Um, You know, it doesn't have... Is it a wisdom save? Is it a... Uh, no, you're just doing this, buddy. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. It's just a free illusion. All right, so let's move on to the stat block. You ready for this? It's a big one. Hang on. Creatures with true sight can see through the illusion oh, nice. to the terrain's true form. However, all other elements of the illusion remain. So while the creature is aware of the illusion's presence, the creature can still physically interact with the illusion. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, this spell is a big deal, it yeah. seems like. And he can, he can do it every turn. 
for free. Great. So let's talk about Baphomet the stat block. So he's a huge fiend. Armor class 22. <laughs> Sorry. Um, hit points 275. Speed of 40 feet. See, he can walk fast. Why can't the other giants walk fast? <laughs> we just did the giants. The Cyclopean yeah. episode. Uh, these uh, I mean, the stats are out of control. We got 30 strength, uh, 14 dex, 26 con, 18 intelligence, 24 wisdom, 16 charisma. Like, this dude's good at everything. Yeah, the um, level caps don't apply to I mean, demon lords and yeah, gods. Resist cold fire and lightning. Um, immune to poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage. That's not magical. Immune to being charmed, exhausted, frightened, or poisoned. Um, he's got 120 feet of true sight. He's got telepathy at 120 feet. He could speak all languages. It's not, that's not tied to lep- telepathy. It's languages all, comma, also telepathy 120 feet. He might be the <laughs> smartest demon lord alive. <laughs> uh, I would say yes. I mean, like, that's very, uh, all languages. Yeah, that's, that's very, good. very impressive. Um, he's fucking C3PO up in here. Yeah, so he's got um he's got quite a few um features. The first is charge. If Baphomet moves at least 10 feet in a sh- in a sh- oh, moves 10 feet straight toward a target and hits with a gore attack on the same turn, the target takes an extra 3d10 piercing damage. If the tar- oh. yeah, that's a lot. If the target is a creature, it must succeed on a DC 25 strength saving throw or be pushed up to 10 feet away. And knock prone. Uh, Baphomet also gets innate spellcasting. Um, it's all based off his charisma. DC against all his shit is 18. Um, so his spell list is pretty short. Three times a day he can cast Dispel Magic, Dominate Beast, Hunter's Mark, Maze, and Wall of Stone. And once a day he can cast Teleport. That's cool. Yeah, so all useful stuff. Hunter's Mark and not like Hex or something. Well, he's a hunter. He's all into beasts and stuff. That's true. So. Okay. But I mean, it's honestly the same spell. Some ranger. Yeah, I, I yeah. know, but the flavor is more, you know, obviously ranger than right. eldritch or whatever. Yeah, and rangers and barbarians and druids worship him, so there's that, that makes too. sense, okay. Um, the next feature is called Labyrinth Recall. This is the same thing that minotaurs get where they can perfectly recall any path that they've traveled and is immune to the mace spell. All right. Uh, legendary Resistance, which is three times a day you can succeed on a failed uh, saving throw. Magic resistance, Baphomet has advantage on saving throws against spells and other magical effects. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. Magic weapons, Baphomet's weapon attacks are magical. Ugh, excuse me. Lastly, Reckless. At the start of his turn, Baphomet can gain advantage on all melee weapon attack rolls during that turn, but attack rolls against him have advantage until the start of his next turn. That's interesting because I'm like hearing all of these special class features like baked into this guy. Yeah, so that's a barbarian. He's like a level 30 character, really. Yeah, and I think that's exactly what he should be. Yeah. Yeah, so um, so he's got quite a few attacks. He's got Heart Cleaver, which is his glaive, Bite, and Gore, and then the Frightful Presence. So Frightful Presence is just like all the dragons. Every All, all the creatures of Baphomet's choice within 120 feet of him and are aware of him must succeed a DC 18 Wisdom saving throw or become frightened for one minute. Um, and when it comes to his physical attacks, he has a multi-attack feature, which means he can make a heart cleaver attack, a bite attack, and a gore attack all in one turn. Cool. Heart cleaver is a plus 17 to hit with a reach of 15 feet. Um, it's 2d10 plus 10 slashing damage. The bite is plus 17 to hit with a reach of 10 feet, um, 2d8 plus 10 uh, piercing damage. And the gore is plus 17 to hit, 10 feet, one target, 2d6 plus 10 piercing damage. That's so, a lot. That's pretty massive. And then he gets legendary actions. Yeah. So okay. these are off-turn actions. He gets two choices. Um, he gets three points to spend, and one action costs one point, and the other action costs two points. So the first action is just an extra heart cleaver attack. 
Okay. On, which on was, your turn. Yeah, which was the most devastating of the three of his of his physical attacks. Um, the second is called Charge. Baphomet moves up to his speed, then makes a gore attack. And gets so, that extra bonus damage on it, right? Uh, yes, exactly. And then on top of it, like that's an off-turn movement. Yes. Off-turn movement plus attack. Pretty brokes. And I'm pretty sure, like, so he can charge, move, gore attack, still has a point of legendary action left, can heart cleaver attack. So you get get up to you, char- charge, do all that damage. Yeah. So he basically gets a whole turn. Yeah, he gets two turns. How do those points work? They recharge every turn? Or uh, is it once a day? Or They like, recharge every round. Every round. Yeah. So yeah, he's doing this to you. Two turns around is what yeah. he gets. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which I think, I think it's pretty appropriate <clears throat> for like a demon lord level creature. Now with the multi-attack, I guess with all multi-attack, do you have to perform them in the order they're listed? No. Uh, and no. you can do them in any order. See. So you can yeah. you could move 10 feet and do the gore first and get that at bonus damage and then do the other two attacks. Yes, exactly. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty dang good. Indeed. Indeed it is. Uh, don't so get, don't fight Baphomet. Don't fight Baphomet. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Any, qu- any questions about the Prince of Beasts before we call it a game? Uh, let's go to the long rest. All right. We're not uh, going to call it a game. We're going to have a long rest. Well, yes. But, but no, no, no more, qu- no more questions. That was really, really cool. Um, I love I love that. There's just so many things I love about about what's baked into this guy. Yeah, he, he was stuff, a lot more, stuff, a lot more interesting than I thought he was going to be. He's just a multi-class yeah. wizard bar <clears throat> ranger. Baphomet was always like just a beast monster to a me. Beast I never, I really didn't know much about him, but the more I learned about him, I was like, oh, wow, he's actually way more nuanced than I would have thought. That's the same thing. See, that's what Beast from X-Men is dealing with, too. Oh my gosh, Everybody's like, okay. Wills, you're keeping a monster in your house. And he's <laughs> right. doing science. It, exactly. So <laughs> um, let's get ready for a long rest. So and I believe we have some, some we have a, a message from a patron that we would like to read. All right, um, let's do it. It says, please read this post. I hope I got this out in time because I made a like a last call. For oh, this. yeah. Yeah. I saw uh, that. You did. You made it. Um, so <laughs> uh, I might. I asked this person if they would like this to air earlier. So I might do an edit around. Oh, OK. All right. Uh, maybe. Maybe not. I don't All know. Right. It, should, it should be OK, though. Um, if not, we'll, we'll find out. So to my players. Wait, wait. Who's who? who oh, sorry. Who this, this is from Rachel Chastain. On, Thank you, Rachel. On Patreon. Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> Uh, you're awesome. So to my players, uh, I'm going to do my best with the names. Ninkao, that's N-I-N-K-A-O. I think I said that right. Yeah. Axel, Ari, and Kat. I am so incredibly lucky. Blah, 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 blah. This is great. This is going so well. <laughs> <laughs> I am so incredibly lucky to be your DM. You guys always surprise me. Thank you for joining me on our adventures in Gracia or Gracia. <laughs> it's G-R-E-Y-S-I-A. Maybe I should read the notes. I love you all. My gift... To you guys is congratulations on reaching level six. Your DM Ray. Y'all leveled up. Yeah. And you heard it here. Super good. <laughs> That's congratulations. Or maybe they leveled up and then they aired it here. That's true. But I think the intention was that they're supposed to they level up. Here. And, okay. Okay. I see. I see. Because uh, I checked with this person in in uh, Discord? our Discord to oh, be like, okay. hey, is it cool that we're reading this on this episode? Because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. a little later than you know we record. Right. Uh, a batch and then yes. it comes out. So I'll double check that. This might come out on a different episode. Okay. Um, cause they haven't responded to me just yet. So right. well, yeah, that being said, I think we can call it a game. Well, we're going to check out super quest saga. Oh yeah. We yeah. Say, we, we say stuff at the we end. We say of the stuff show. at the end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ch- check out, uh, some of our other projects, check out our merch store. Um, super quest saga is the big one. A lot of, uh, we're pretty much, we should be beyond halfway in the story at this point. 
Um, let me see here. By the time this episode airs, we should just be crossing the halfway point. Yeah. So, yeah. um, bonkers stuff is happening. Yeah. Actually, um, no, we won't have crossed them because we, it's just every two there. weeks. We're, yeah. we're like an episode behind the halfway point. Oh man, it's gonna <laughs> go down. Um, it's this is great. There's a there's a big chunk of back catalog at this point. We're at like 30 plus episodes there. Indeed. Um, and lots of people are just like tearing through it, leaving comments. As they yeah, a lot of people. It's been crazy. We really appreciate all you guys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna make more announcements like this on super quest saga just because of some of the things that are going on um yeah that's probably smart and uh but not too many so like if you want to hear about super quest saga news like this is your place you can get you can find will and i on on social media will's on twitter at the dungeon cast i'm on instagram at the dungeon cast um and you can email us at um the dungeon cast gmail.com we have ad space available um we have um short rest we it's, it's the end of the episode, man. It's okay. You can put that mic in my face if you want. Um, we, we have a, uh, what was I saying? We have ad space available. If you yes. guys just want to like write into the show, we read all our emails. We'll try to respond to you. And if you're on Patreon, we're opening it up. So if you want to have a message read and the long rest portion of the show, you can do so. And uh, check out the merch store. Let's call it a game. That's it. Let's call it a game. <laughs> we'll take you guys later. Bye. Bye. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.